Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. How you doing? Have you had a good morning? Yes, a good morning. And uh, who's opened presents already? Yeah. Yeah, a few people. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing they're mostly under the age of 10. Uh, but <laughs> Pastor Mick, no, you're, you're just over the age of 10. Just. Well, it is an honour to share Christmas Day with you. And uh, in these short few moments, I want to share some Christmas thoughts. And uh, it is an incredible time of year uh, that we are celebrating. We're really, Christmas can get lost. It can get lost. And um, what Christmas is about can get lost. What, what we are celebrating can get lost. And um, that's okay, there's, there's a lot of things on, but I think it's important to remember um, that it's Christmas. And uh, it's not Xmas, it's not holiday uh, greetings, it's not seasons, whatevers, it's Christmas. And uh, Christmas centres around one person, His name is Jesus, and He's he's the reason for it all. And in fact, Christianity, He is the reason for Christianity. Uh, If we're gonna talk about Christmas, we really are talking about what our whole Christianity is built on. It's built on this one person, Jesus. It's, it's, the church is an expression of Christ. It's the body of Christ. But church is not Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. He is very distinct. And we're celebrating, which I think is amazing on this day, the story of Jesus. So I wanna just dive into a little Scripture here and look at who Jesus is. If you are here for your first time, you're our guest. We do wanna welcome you and want you to know that we're not here to judge your journey, here to celebrate your steps. And this might be your first step being in a place like this, hearing a message about this guy called Jesus. And so we're gonna turn to the book of Luke and we're gonna go to chapter two. Any Lukes in here? No, we'll pray for Luke and that he comes next Christmas. And that'll be awesome. Luke, Luke chapter two, one to seven. And uh, speaking of Luke, I recently just saw the new Star Wars. Anybody like Star Wars? It was amazing. I don't care what anybody says. It was the best of the latest three. Not all nine, just calm down, but definitely the best of the last three. Chapter two, Luke chapter two, one to seven, the birth of Jesus. And I wanna read something to you and and just focus on a little thing that jumped out to me as I've been reading and and thinking about Christmas and thinking about this season. Um, But... It says this, chapter two, verse one, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So that's a big deal. This was the first census that took place while that guy was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register, put their name down. Say, I'm here, present, like at school. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And let me just pause there. I'm gonna keep reading in just a second, but I gotta let you know that if you thought that Christmas was some beautiful, perfect picture 
and it's all these awesome nativity scenes and it's, it's perfect and, and Mary looks perfect and Joseph looked and there's little perfect baby, sweet baby Jesus. If you thought Christmas was this perfect thing, you gotta understand it wasn't. Jesus was born, people say in a manger. And, and, and we think of it, this beautiful nativity scene and there's little sheep and they're like, bah, you know, and there's little shepherds and little white and it's all this perfect, but you gotta understand, they were in probably what was more like a cave out the back. There was no room in the inn. Mary and Joseph, Mary is expecting, she's fully pregnant, yet to be married, which in the day was unheard of. So it was awkward. But it's good to know that Jesus isn't waiting for our lives to be perfect for Him to enter the scene. It is good to know that Jesus isn't coming into this perfect thing, waiting for us to have our religious life in order and have all the boxes ticked and have everything perfect. No, Jesus came into an imperfect situation and it was right there that the world, the greatest day in history, it, was, it wasn't perfect. While they were there, we read on in verse six, the time came for the baby to be born. And she, Mary, gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes, cloths, and placed him in a manger. Watch this. Because there was no guest room available for them. Everyone say available. 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 Let me pray and then we'll preach. Lord Jesus, we thank You for this beautiful day and what it represents. So we thank You, Jesus. You speak to us in these few short moments. Remind us, Lord, of Your great love, of Your goodness, of your mercy here today in Jesus' name. They all said, Amen. Amen. Can you thank Paulus? Hasn't he done a good job? Can we thank the band? The band did an awesome job. While you were opening presents, they were practicing 2 a.m. And so we're so grateful to the band. Thank you. And uh, I, I wanna look at this idea because I think Christmas really highlights God's ability um, and also our availability. I think Christmas, I think Jesus came right at the, uh, the point where God's ability met Mary's availability. And that God often in our life, He works through His ability and our availability. And I, I think that God, you know, He's not really looking for your ability. He's just looking for your availability. I don't know if you've heard that before, probably a nice Christian cliche, but it is true. It's not so much our ability, but our availability. It's, it's, Christmas is not about your ability. Let me just get that straight for you. It is not about your ability. Uh, anyone like soccer here today? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, few people. I, I can see that they were sympathy, um, but that's okay. Who likes cricket? Yeah, see, even less. Okay, no, there, there was quite a few. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Lord Jesus, help them. Um, but I love soccer. Growing up playing soccer my whole life. But I was never very good. And I, I, I used to, as a, you know, under sevens, 
Um, and it's like beehive soccer, you know, like just 30 kids chasing one ball. Nobody spreads out. They're all fighting each other. Just, it's hilarious. No strategy whatsoever. And let's just all get the ball and each other. And so I was under sevens and I, I, I remember I was so like, like you didn't have to be good to play. You really didn't. But I was so bad that they said, hey, bro, um, maybe you should be the goalkeeper. And we all know there's not many goals scored in under seven soccer. So it was quite a safe bet to put me as goalkeeper. And so I, I went in goals and I remember under seven, under eights, under nines, I was never very good, but I really wanted to be good. But I wasn't very good. It wasn't, it wasn't my ability. I, I started practising. And so I'd wake up early on a, on a couple of mornings a week and I'd go down and practise. And I would practise and I would practise I didn't make the representative teams for years. All my friends did, bar me. But later on in life, because I practiced a lot, it actually showed up later. And so when I came to this point in my life, when I was probably about 15, suddenly everybody else disappeared off the scene and there I was. And I got selected for all these teams and got chosen to do this, that and the other. And I found that I suddenly was doing all these things I thought I'd never do in soccer. It was amazing, but I know me and I would, I would be in situations and I, I went to places and I was like, I have no right to be here. But it was because I made my life available. I did some practice. I, did some, I put some time in and it wasn't my ability, but over time, because I was available, suddenly doors opened. And this to me is so much what following Jesus and knowing God is like. You got to know here today, it is not your ability. It is God's ability. Christmas is the celebration of God's ability. Yeah. It is the celebration of Jesus, like a ladder coming from heaven to earth, not a ladder from earth to heaven, but a ladder from heaven to earth that Jesus represents God bowing down, God leaning in, God reaching down to you. Not because you did anything to deserve it, not because you made it happen. What does John 3, 16 say? We, we, if you don't know it, it's all good. But if you do, it's a classic. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that He gave. Christmas is the celebration of what God did for you. It is not about what we do for God. It is not about how I can get to God. It's about how God came to you. It is the greatest picture of Christianity. It's the greatest picture of what we believe. We're celebrating a God who loved you so much, He left heaven and came to earth. And yes, into our mess. Yes, into our dysfunction. And everybody here, I'm, I can guarantee you, everybody here has a level of dysfunction. And if you're here and you're thinking that you don't, that's the sign that you do. And if we think that church is like, oh, everybody's perfect there and I don't belong there because I, I got some stuff in my life. Uh, excuse me, join the club, okay? Because just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you've got it all sorted. It just means you know that God came from heaven to earth into the middle of your situation. And if it wasn't for Him, I'd be lost. If it wasn't for His grace, I'd be a mess. If it wasn't for His love and His ability, I'd be nowhere. 
I remember I was uh, playing soccer again. I, I really do love soccer. It's all I talk about. I was, I was playing soccer and I, I um, snapped my ACL. And so that's like your cruciate ligament. And I was in my left knee and I snapped it. I turned, I did this incredible athletic pivot. It was unbelievable. And I, turned, and I snapped that ACL. And you could hear it, it was like a twig. It just snapped. And so as I fell to the ground, the, the other team and my team all started yelling at each other, which is nice because I'm sitting there screaming and not one person stopped to check how I was. I'm, ah! And they're yelling at each other, arguing with each other. Except for Nathan. My friend Nathan, he, he ran from the sideline, came up, picked me up, which was awkward because I was a fully grown man. And then he took me off the pitch, took me home, got me DVDs, looked after me. Didn't come in and argue. My, all my friends were arguing with the other team. Who did it? Who's at fault? It was you. No, it was you. It's you. It's you. It was like a bunch of schoolgirls. You know, they're just yelling, fighting. But not one person stopped to check. Because sometimes I think Christians and religious people can spend so much time arguing about who's right that we forget what it's all about. It's about God coming into the middle to help you and to help me and to help those in need, to help those who are broken, to help those who need a Saviour and every one of us need a Saviour. Christianity, Christmas celebrates God's ability. But it also is this picture of our availability to God. How available are we? What do you got to understand about Christmas? I was reading this the other day, it's unbelievable, that Jesus, He arrives at the scene and there has been for centuries over 400 prophecies of His arrival. 400 prophecies. And every one of those 400 prophecies He fulfilled. He did them all, which is ridiculous. It is crazy. It is no act of man. It could only be an act of God. Re- listen to this. The, the Old Testament contains over 400 prophecies about the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, perfectly fulfilled every one of them. And do you know what the odds of that happening are? They are too big to even count this guy, Lee Strobel, an atheist turned Christian. He performed some calculations to try figure it out. And the only way he could really give a a presentation of it, was to talk about it like this. He says, I imagined the entire world being covered with white tile, you know, like pieces of tile. That was one and a half inches square, every bit of dry land, covering every bit of dry land on the planet with the bottom of just one of those tiles. So imagine the whole world covered in tiles. That'd be weird, but imagine it. And then imagine that one of them, just one, Underneath has a red dot on it. Then I pictured a person being allowed to wander for a lifetime around all seven continents. He would be permitted to bend down only one time. So picture that, seven continents covered in tiles. There's one tile with one red dot underneath it. And this person would be permitted to bend down only one time and pick up the piece of tile. What are the odds it would be the one tile whose reverse side was painted red? The odds would be the same as just eight of the Old Testament prophecies coming true 
in any one person throughout history. Just eight, it would be the same probability as just eight. Listen to me, Jesus fulfilled 400. Come on, if that's worth celebrating. So here's Jesus, He's arrived on the back of that. I mean, how did you arrive today? (laughs) Were there 400 prophecies about your arrival? Jesus had 400 prophecies about His arrival. He turns up with His parents, He's in His mother's womb. They come to a place, they're looking to stay somewhere. And we read here again in verse six, she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Here is Jesus. He's arrived and there was no room at the inn. Can you imagine that innkeeper? Like, let's, just, let's just think about him for a second. Um, because in my books, I would say that, how do you say? I would call him, I don't know what the word is, maybe an idiot. <laughs> and maybe that's a bit harsh because surely he didn't realise that it was, you know, the Son of God in Mary's belly and maybe, you know, it was a busy time and there was a lot happening. But just think about it. Here's this guy. He has the Son of God knocking up on his front door. He could be the guy that we read about and are all like, oh, how good's this innkeeper? It was his hotel that brought Jesus into the world. But no, there was no room available. And it just made me think about, I, I pray that my life has room for God at any time. Because I have discovered that God doesn't show up when you're expecting Him. Good. You know, God's a bit naughty. Yeah. God, God's, God's kind of annoying like that. He'll just show up any old time. God will, God will come into situations and circumstances that you are not expecting. Yeah. And you've got to understand the context of the day. This was very unexpected. It was prophesied, but unexpected. Because what they thought was coming was a king with a throne to rule and reign over the political system and the state of the day. They thought He was coming to kill everybody else, bring them the victory and let's go. We own this place. That's what they were waiting for. But then in comes Mary Joseph, carpenter, his wife-to-be, pregnant already. Here they come. And I bet this innkeeper wasn't expecting it. I've found that God will always show up when you least expect it. Maybe you came here and you're here today and you weren't even expecting to be here today. Maybe you're here on Christmas Day and you were not planning on it, but mum and dad said, get your butt in the car, we're going. Maybe someone called you and said, get to church. And you weren't even expecting to be here today. But can I tell you, that's the perfect setup for you to have an encounter with a God whose ability is greater than you know, whose love for you is far outweighs anything you could ever comprehend. Let me tell you, if you're feeling a little awkward, if you're feeling a little unsure, that might be the exact climate and environment that God wants to turn up in. So, it's getting, it's getting awkward. And the innkeeper is wondering who these people are. He doesn't let them in. He didn't recognise them. And then he didn't have room. And so they have to go and stay in the manger. And they give birth in probably what was a cave. 
with a bunch of animals. And birth, I haven't experienced myself, but I'd say it's not just this really pretty moment. I'm sure it's quite painful. And in comes Jesus into the world in not the most ideal situations, but He did come into a place that was available. Jesus wasn't worried about how things looked. He came to the place that was available. And the only place that was available on that day was a cave out the back, a manger, some animals. Not what you would think. Because generally we would think that God inhabits religious environments. You know, you ever been to like a big old church building and there's like a stained glass window with a guy that looks like me, (laughs) Catholic Jesus. There's, there's, you know, these ideas and traditions and if you do these and you do these seven things and you abide by these five things and you do that and do this and check that list off, that's when God shows up. God shows up, but, but, that couldn't be further from the truth. Buildings are good, but that's not what God inhabits. God inhabits an open heart because God can come into any environment. I've seen big, amazing structures and facilities that feel empty. I've seen rooms that are broken down, poor and no good and God is right in the middle. Christmas is about God's ability, but it's also about our availability. And I wonder how available is your heart to God today? There's a lot on today, but how available, I'm not saying your schedule, I'm saying your heart. How available is your heart to God? Because it's not about your ability. It's not about how Christian you look today. It's not how religious you look today. It's about your heart. Is your heart available for God? Because God's ability, He's got it sorted. He's done it all. It's not about your ability. It's simply about, are you open to inviting Him in? Will we stay in a religious place? Or will we allow ourselves to open up and go deeper than the surface level of Christmas? and make ourselves available to Him. And I believe that as we do, that's where Jesus will show up. That's where Christmas really shows up in your life. 